Uh, small consolation uh, podcast and uh, video games. Uh, let's just get this over with. <laughs> Evan, may you always pull two Kleenexes out of the box when you only wanted one. What? Are you having a stroke? (laughs) Nick, may your shirt always feel like it is on backwards. And Jared, may you always adjust your glasses in public while you're wearing contacts. I just checked my shirt, Brandon, and it is inside out and backwards. (laughs) i actually went through the entire day today at work um and looked down or i i i wear my badge around my neck i don't know lanyard and i was like adjusting it or something and i was adjusting it right where the buttons of my polo are and i was like where in the hell are my buttons and I looked down, and I'm like, oh, God damn it. My shirt was inside out all day. <laughs> I had a I had a lab coat on all day, though, so n- no one noticed. And it was the kind of shirt where it looks the same on the inside as an outside, except for, like, you know, you can see the seams. Well, that's good. So, like, yeah, no, I mean, the only people that noticed were the people that I told. It's really <laughs> embarrassing when you wear your lab coat backwards, though. <laughs> best part of working from home i don't have a uniform you don't even have to wear clothes no i put on my lazy clothes um so i'm just kind of in a bad mood in general um, yeah, that was a very disappointing intro brandon <laughs> i I don't know. I just started a new workout and it's kicking my butt. Um, and my, 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 my triceps are just on fire right now. Um, Workouts are supposed to improve your mood. Right. This is the first week. So <laughs> I thought last week me. was the first week. What? I thought you said that last week. No, I started Monday. Oh, so, this is Thursday. I could have you know, what? Evan, in these days, time does not make sense. <laughs> time is a social construct. <laughs> that it is. Well, I guess to continue this disappointing podcast, what in the video game world has disappointed you guys? <laughs> Nothing. Fantastic. (laughs) One of my biggest disappointments in my gaming life was the very first Spyro game on the PS2, uh, Enter the Dragonfly. And Uh, I was just young enough to not know that a company can sell off its IP to a different company. So the PS1 originals by Insomniac were great games. They ran out of ideas sold off their IP for it and then went on to make Ratchet and Clank 
and then Universal Studios. Some somebody picked it out, picked up the rights, mm-hmm. and made a really awful game that I still, out of obligation, played until I I was going to get the hundred percent of everything, and the game bugged, and a dragonfly that I caught was erased from the map. Uh, <laughs> what? Um, I don't. Re- I remember that that game was horrible, but I honestly don't remember why. Everything about it was just half done. <laughs> the load times were like even for a PS2 era were twice as long as they ever should have been. They, everything about it was just off you know now if i'm thinking about it a little bit more i feel like the 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 controls were a little off too yes yeah like i mean even from the ps1 games they were just janky i think even if you go back to the ps1 they're pretty decent for as old the the ps1 games were good but the ps2 one was not like I was comparing. I'm, I'm, I'm comparing the two. Yes. And I feel like the, the PS one games were fine, but the, the PS two ones were jerky. It, it and imprecise. Very, yeah. Very unresponsive. Mm-hmm. But that's the only other thing I remember about it, except me. Maybe the graphics were underwhelmed. I don't remember anything else about it. Really? Remind me which game this is again. Enter the Dragonfly. Enter. Oh yeah, I I know no one who liked that game. <laughs> and then they came up with like a sequel of sorts, right? Like the the Hunters something or another. It was all about the cougar or the tiger or whatever the. Enter the Dragonfly was bad enough that I was I never played a Spyro game after that until the reignited trilogy came out mm-hmm. which i still need to finish playing i've never played the what ripto's rage the middle one the second one i've not played that one really that's most people consider that one the, the best uh, yeah i would too i the the mechanics and things that they added were stellar i was always really a fan of the third one just because it was let's just do absolutely everything and given that they ah, did that within a year after making two and came up with a third one was really impressive Mm -hmm. i tell you one game that sticks out specifically that was not that was underwhelming um murdered soul suspect you didn't like that? And neither did 90% of the world. <laughs> what? Um, I, mean, game, but I don't know what it's I about. was I was looking up some reviews on it and one place gave it like an 80% and then everyone else it was I mean somebody gave it three and a half out of five stars and that was the best it did. Everything else was like 60% or less on their scales. Huh, like I it wasn't amazing but for the price like i thought it was one of those like you know 
five and a half, six out of ten. Like it was fun to play once. I put it down. I'll never play it again. But like it was enjoyable. I really, really bought into the storyline of it. You know, you, uh, if anybody hasn't played it, it's um, you die. You're you're an investigator, like a police officer, or an investigator or something, and you die. Um, and I guess your death isn't clean or whatever. And so you, your mind is bound to the world or, you know, to the earth still. And in order for you to, to transcend and move and, you know, move on, um, you have to solve your murder. Um, and, you know, you can you know, talk to mediums and, you know, these, there's, there are people that are spiritually aware that you can, you know, talk, sort of talk to people, you know, the living people, but not everybody. And, um, I liked, you know, a lot of the lore and, you know, those sorts of things in the game. I liked how creepy it was. I liked how you could help other ghosts or spirits or whatever you want to call them. Uh, find their way and you know you could kind of recreate um, events and you were sort of a fly on the wall um, you know to the living world I absolutely hated the combat style Um, it did not feel I mean it wasn't fun in my opinion it was lackluster and it just Maybe I just wasn't good at it. Um, and, you know, it, being good at something obviously makes it more more enjoyable. Um, but it just didn't... I didn't flow with me very well. Um, basically... Yeah, yeah but, remind me. Like, is there anything more than just fighting those Dementor-style Dementor? demons? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, just to give backstory to everybody else, too. Um, the you you you're the spirit that hasn't crossed over yet and i guess for some reason there are i guess spirit hunters that you know feed on you um and they hunt you down and 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 so you're your prey basically well when they show up there are it's one of those classic don't get caught uh, scenarios. Um, so it's a lot of stealth. The only places you can actually hide are in various um, just rifts in space, it seems. You know, um, there are these just little sort of freestanding black holes all around the room. You know, it's it's sort of like shadows, but they're not actually like shadows of objects. They're just random. You know, you don't normally see them, but then when they shut when, when these Dementor things show up, then you can see these hidey hole things. And so, what you have to do, and and the the Dementors will patrol the room, and they if if they get to one of these black holes they'll inspect it and they can if you're in it 
they'll pull you out of it and basically devour you. Game over. Like, there's no... Basically, you, you have to stealth them. You cannot attack them from, he- you know, head on. It has to be, you know, a backstab stealth thing. Um, and so it's just, you know, the combat is very, very, you know, you have one mode of doing this and it takes a really long time for the battles and it's not like a fun battle either. It's not like, you know, there's no, I guess there's, I mean, there's strategy to it, but it's not a fun or involved strategy. When the combat was over, I didn't feel successful i felt oh thank god it's over i can get on with my life now (laughs) um you know i dreaded the combat it it just it wasn't a fun part of it yeah now in my opinion now that you sparked my memory yeah it's kind of like the game in itself is a puzzle game where you're a detective solving crimes and so it's almost like they're like oh well we have these cool mechanics and whatnot, but we need some sort of like, I guess, I w- not the combat, but some sort of obstacles that you have to face. Otherwise, it's just you're just solving crimes. It's like without any challenges. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it does seem like you would go into a room, investigate, get clues, and then when, it, when you try to leave, then they're like, oh, and then these things show up. And it's always like after you've done a whole bunch of puzzle solving, like, oh, yeah, don't forget about these guys. So yeah, it, right. I will. Yeah, that is a kind of a. It was more of a chore than anything. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like it very easily could have been a way better game than it was. I think that was a launch title too, wasn't it for PS4? Or very came out very close after the release. It was one of the first games on the PS4 that I played. I'm so bad about. Yeah, I'm yeah, so I bad about playing on. games like when they first release that I have no idea when stuff comes out. <laughs> was it that Tesla steampunk werewolf shooter close to launch? Is oh, that the Order? Uh, yeah, the Order 1886 or something. Something like that. I I remember like it it looked good visually, and but most people were like, well, at least it's short, so it doesn't <laughs> drag on too long. Yeah, that's what I remember hearing about that game too. I think most seem to be like if you can get it on sale, like pretty deep sale, you'd probably enjoy it. <laughs> that's the yeah. thing like that's the biggest thing about disappointing games is when you have a hefty price tag you shelled out beforehand but if you get mm-hmm. that same like murdered soul suspect i got it on sale playstation store for like really really cheap i didn't really care that there were some elements that i didn't really like but yeah yeah that's true price definitely makes disappointing games a little hurt a little bit less um speaking I of think- other games that people maybe not remember does anyone remember uh Dante's Inferno. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought I heard good things about that game. That very blatant God of War ripoff. <laughs> I, I was very excited. Like, yeah, this will be really cool. Until I saw actual gameplay of it, and it was just like, this is 
God of War done worse. <laughs> yeah. I my... thought Dante's Inferno was like a book too, or or something along those it, lines. It is. Okay. Yeah, classic poetry. They turned that into a video game, but didn't actually stay true to the the literature. They were probably closer. Or they just sort of based it on a, another type of game with a different story. It was a just a God of War clone that they made mm. based off of the first part of the Divine Trilogy. Yep. I think, I want to say I heard that they had plans to do two sequels, so one for Purgatory and then one for Paradise. But, of course, the first one was not well-received. Well, I'm going to have to cut that up. <laughs> so loud. Yeah, no, I remember, because I think that was uh, one of the big, not a launch title for the PS3, but one of the big, like highly anticipated games for the PS3. And I remember watching my roommate my sophomore year of college play it, and I was just like, this is God of War, but with less story. It's I, I feel like they tried to, like, we're just going to turn the Divine Comedy into a video game, and they use, like, all the visual and, um, like, world-building appeals to draw people in, and then, like, at the last minute, oh, we kind of need to have a story in here, so let's throw that in there, too. That's never a recipe for success. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a great idea that they fumbled. Right. And, and and the Divine Comedy is so, like, if done right, you could really turn that into an interesting video game just based on, like, the landscape alone, like, traveling through all the rings of hell. Um, that might be what, that be, might be the plot of Bayonetta 3. <laughs> which would be done a whole lot better just because the Bayonetta games are hilarious and fun to play. <laughs> Have not played them yet, but I've heard good things. You should right. be able to get it pretty cheap on the Switch, but it is a weird mix of different game types, and you just beat the hell out of angels. <laughs> yeah, I never understood why Bayonetta was on the Switch. Like, It just doesn't seem to jive with the rest of Nintendo's IP. That just seemed like a weird marriage. Yeah, I don't know why they bought the IP out. Jared, it is your turn. What is the worst video game that you can remember? The the the, the worst memory that you have not suppressed, uh, video game wise. When I think of disappointing games, the two that come to my head, um, back in when I had my PS3. For Christmas, it's kind of around the time when the first Iron Man came out. So the MCU was starting to be born, and oh. <laughs> I wanted the movie, and I my mom went to buy me the movie and accidentally got me the PlayStation game. <laughs> I and remember this game. <laughs> that was at the point when... Studios were like, we have a new movie coming out. We need to make a video game to go along with it so we can like piggyback off the sales. And so I think I played, like you start the game like 
in the desert somewhere and you're flying around and I'm pretty sure like I didn't even pass the first level. I was like, this is stupid. And I closed it and I never played it again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I love Marvel now, especially now what it's become. And so like you think going back, I would just have been all over that game. But at the time I was like, well, this is dumb. (laughs) I did get the movie too. (laughs) They had a tie-in game? They what? They had a tie-in game? Like I was pretty... No, that's that's how long ago the MCU started. I know, but I was also pretty sure that when the MCU started, Disney CEO was like, eh, "It's never gonna work." So oh, they no, no, really... no. This, this was before Marvel bought. Uh, oh, this was damn it. it's been Marvel. that long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. This is yeah. This is way before Disney bought Marvel. Um, no, I I had that same game. I actually, you know, toughed it out and played through it. Um, it had this weird mechanic, which maybe if someone wanted to do it now, it could work. <laughs> um, but like you had to you had to allocate power from the arc reactor so you could you could emphasize weapons, but you wouldn't be able to fly as fast. Um, or you could, you know, emphasize speed, but then your armor would be weaker and you take more damage, um, which, like I said, it's, it's kind of cool. Like I would, maybe if someone wanted to take a stab at it now, that'd be different. And it kind of, it fit with like the early on Iron Man, like that first Iron Man story where it's like, he's learning how to use the arc reactor and it's a, it's a good way to keep the suit from being overpowered. Cause I think if you expended your power, the suit shut down for like 10 seconds or something and the bad guys could just wail on you. Um, but yeah, it, it, it doesn't get better. Um, I, I don't remember much of it, but there was one mission. Like you're literally just flying through rings in the air to, I think you're, I think when you're in the, the scene in the movie where he's flying away from the jets, in the game, you're just flying through a series of rings in the air to keep you going. That's pretty early on in the game, right? I think so, yeah. Because I think that's where I stopped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does it follow the movie pretty closely? It kind of. Like, where where they take liberties is, like, in that middle part. Um, like, after that first incident where Rhodey's like, oh, there was a training accident, but before Obadiah uh, takes the arc reactor... Um, he goes back to Afghanistan. They they build on that part out. Like you do a lot more in Afghanistan, um, dealing with the nine rings. Uh, like hmm. I know there I know there's one level you can actually you can like stop flying. You just walk around and like you know robo punch people through walls. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, twelve years later now they're developing an Iron Man game that's supposed to release pretty soon for VR. Yeah, and I've heard that. it's pretty good. So here's <laughs> hoping. It took them twelve years. <laughs> God, yeah, I I for sometimes I forget that that's how long ago the MCU started. It was back when they still did tie-in games. Yep. And so I guess then my second one, um, I think there was when I was in college, I started to get into the Assassin's Creed series based on some (laughs) recommendations from friends and i I think at the time they were like oh start with black flag you really like it 
and me being the completionist, I was like, eh, I guess start at the beginning because I want to get the backstory. I want to get a feel for what the game series was like. So I played one, two, I think with Brotherhood in there somewhere. Yeah, that's like uh, 2.5. Yeah, Brotherhood's yeah, yeah. 2.5. There was another one, two before three. Kingdom Hearts. And Revelations <laughs> is 2.75. Yeah. Uh, you guys make fun of me for Kingdom Hearts. But they're yeah. different games. They're not the same game redone. And then not, called, these aren't the same They called redone. Remix 2.875 <laughs> Digital Stardust Edition. I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> So no, I played all no, of those. No, the 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 currency you get in in Kingdom Hearts, as Evan now knows, is called money. M U N N Y. So anyway, um, <laughs> I played all the way up through three, which was the uh, Revolutionary War one. Mm, yeah, A- and then I played Black Flag, and it was amazing. And then by that point, I had played what is that six games by now and i fired up rogue because i was like oh here's the next one and then i'm going to jump over to the ps4 and then i'm going to grab unity and (laughs) go there i started up rogue and i was like this is the exact thing i did in all of black flag i am not doing this again turned it off and i haven't played it since i haven't played an assassin's creed game since what yep but I did buy Origins on the PlayStation Store recently, so I have it. It's in the works. Oh, you definitely got to play Origins. It's That's more... probably a different enough experience to maybe get you back on board. Oh, yeah, it's a drastically different experience. Yeah, a part of me, like, I still have my PS3 Rogue in the cabinet. A part of me wants to pull it out and then get pick up Unity and Syndicate No, well, before Origins, but I'm like... Ugh. <laughs> Un- Unity I, uh, is pro- take or leave. It's probably in an okay state currently, really. Yeah, that's true. Now that it's like been patched and debugged and everything. Unity's not horrible, but I really I really like Syndicate personally just because you get a grappling hook and that I've only been asking for a grappling hook since AC2. <laughs> Like every game, grappling hook, grappling hook. No, you can have a wrist-mounted gun that's also a blow dart and all these other things, but can't have a grappling hook. Why? What is this, Batman? <laughs> Why? But finally, they give you the grappling hook in Syndicate, and I love it so much. You're an assassin, not a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, we can't afford to follow the rules. <laughs> Now, going back to Kingdom Hearts a little bit, I was a little bit upset by um, Chain of Memories, which is basically, if we're going to go decimal point scale, uh, 1.5. Not to get confused with Kingdom Hearts Um, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 1.5. So... The Chain of Memories takes place in between Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Um, And it's not so much that the game was bad. The graphics were good. The storytelling was good. 
Um, it's kind of an important storyline if you're going to go all the way to Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, it wraps up a few loose ends, um, makes a few things that happen in Kingdom Hearts 2 and stuff make a little bit more sense. Um, but it's a card game, like an action-based, like action time-based card. It's really weird. You... You're you're able to free run, and or you know free roam. It's not just like you know it's not so linear in that way. But you you have rooms that you can free roam in, and when you you can get to a door, and you have to play a card to get to the next room. Uh, sometimes there are like keys, so you have to use a specific specific card that you have to find somewhere else. So, you know, you sort of get to a dead end and you have to go, you know, to backtrack a little to, to defeat an enemy that will drop this key. Well, the enemies are like single enemies on the map, but then when you run into them, it starts a, 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 a you know, you teleport to a, an arena style and, um, you can still free roam in the um, in the you know in the battle um, to some degree. Like you can you know choose where you move. It's not like a turn based thing, but you have cards that you play in order to attack, and they have number values. And the higher the number, um, it goes from zero to nine, and the higher the number. Like the nine trumps the eight and the eight trumps the seven and vice versa, you know, and, and continuing. Well, you get down to zero and everything will beat zero or zero will beat everything. It depends on when you play it. So like if you play a nine and someone else plays a zero on, you know, after you, he blocks you and attacks you instead. But if you play a zero and then he plays a nine, then he blocks your attack and still attacks it. Like, you know, so, so, um, it's sort of a trump card if you use it last. So then there's these combos. So you can use up to three cards at a time and, uh, you can, you know, the, the sum of the three numbers will, so like, say you have, you know, three fives, so that's 15. Well, you can equip a, an attack that's like, I'll throw my keyblade. And if you want to use the keyblade throw, it's, you know, you have to stack uh, a total sum of, you know, 12 to 18. And so you have to be really aware of what numbers you need. But then it gets even worse because the first card in your combo, after you've used it in that battle, you don't get back. So you go to get to the end of the deck and then it you reload from the, the from the end or from the you know, you reload the deck in the same order that it was in from the beginning. But if you use a combo, you lose the first card of the three in the combo. And it's just it's really annoying and really frustrating. And I ended up not being able to beat the final boss. Um, so I had to go online and find the, um, uh, 
the you know find the cutscene of you know the end of end game cutscene of what I'm missing. Uh, it was just a really disappointing game style to me. I was expecting to say cheat code for a second. Like I, re- I respect that. It came out for the Game Boy Advanced, uh, so there was no cheat code. Um, it's on the PS2 now, though. I might be able. To, I might have been able to use um, Game Shark. Ah, uh, Game Shark. But I don't think it was on my version of it because. I couldn't figure out how to upload my or uh, connect my PlayStation to the internet, and so I don't know if there's a patch for it or anything out there that I could um, have upload or uh, uh, you know updated my Game Shark or not. Did not work on the computer. Did try that. Well, for my most disappointing games, um, Jared's Iron Man game made me think of this. Um, I think this was also back in like the PS2, maybe early, early PS3 days, um, back in the days when movies put out tie-in or game movie companies put out video game tie-ins. There was one for, um, it was supposed to be a tie-in for X-Men 2 that I guess it's supposed to kind of explain what happens to certain characters. Like the main point was that it explains why Nightcrawler wasn't in um x3 um but you could play as nightcrawler iceman and i think wolverine was the third story um but ice like it was all really basic and really repetitive like iceman's was you were um he was like you know creating his like you know slide or whatever you want to call it. Like if you've seen the comics, you know, he shoots out a, a beam of ice and he just rides around on it. Um, and you were basically like going through a series of nuclear reactors that I guess Pyro was trying to overload to kill humans. And because Magneto said, so that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and then Nightcrawlers was this really, really basic uh, stealth. Like you could, you could tell like you could teleport to different places, um, and you could tell they kind of intended you to like string the teleportation in with combat, but it never really worked right. So you would always just teleport right behind a bad guy and like, oh, well, I guess I'll punch him and start this big combat sequence that I could have avoided had everything worked out right. And then I don't even remember what Wolverine's was. That's how. Boy. Probably just lots of screaming and slicing things. Yes. <laughs> I want to say it was reminiscent of that. There was a Wolverine game for the PS2 that was really, really good. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it was it was like kind of like right when the first movie came out. It was very well done Like for, for a PS2 game. It was ahead of its time. Um, but yeah, that game was not fun. I think I was at my parents' house a couple weeks ago, and I think I saw it in the cabinet where like the PlayStation, like all the old games are, I guess I think I saw that game still sitting there and I just kind of shook my head a little bit. Um, but my most disappointing, like recent game other than no man's sky. Cause that everyone's talked about no man's sky. We know that game sucked. Um, I, I still need to go back and play that though. Uh, give it one more chance before I never play it again. Cause apparently <laughs> it's gone through some updates that make it 
Yes, I've I've heard the updates slightly enjoyable. It, yeah, the updates made it bearable. Still no multiplayer or, or anything like that, which seems weird for like a game where you're, you know, encouraged to explore. Um, yeah, that was a game that it was I thought on. I heard about there being multiplayer or something on it. I they always promised it was it upcoming. Came. It's always been upcoming, but they've no, never as in like the next patch for it has it. Hmm. Uh, no, from from what I've heard, they've always promised multiplayer, and then for some reason, it just never gets done. Yeah, that was a game that was on sale on the PlayStation Store, and I had I was like, I think I was on the chat with Tyler and some others, and I was like, should I get this? I've always kind of been interested. And Tyler's like, if you don't like Minecraft, this is basically space Minecraft. And I was like, okay, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You probably wouldn't like it. That is a very apt description, though. <laughs> um, yeah. And then my other... I'll get you to play Minecraft eventually. <laughs> Over my dead body. <laughs> Jared's corpse sitting at a computer playing Minecraft. I mean, you probably will die in Minecraft quite a bit. Getting used to it. Watch out for those zombies. Yeah, and those drop creepers. Oh, yeah. Um, but my other game that was very disappointing was the original prototype. Um, did any of you guys play that at all? That I came liked out the, the same time. prototype. <laughs> Didn't that come out the same time as infamous? Yes. Like I think they came out like a month apart. So they were kind of competitor in the gameplay is really sim- similar. Uh, the storylines really similar too, for being honest. So yeah, they were kind of pitted against each other. Um, and for me personally, infamous is by far the superior of the two um for those that don't know like the storyline is your you wait you kind of wake up in new york city in some kind of like post-apocalyptic world where some virus has been released um and you have these weird like uh i don't even know what to call them like they're superpowers like they're but you you can like alter your body so like you can have you know knives for arms or whip arms or you can increase your muscle mass and get super strength all like kind of in that genre of superpower and the whole game is like you're running from the military and trying not to get killed while trying to figure out what happened because you don't remember how you got superpowers um because you were a military prototype (laughs) (laughs) They, I mean, I'll spoil because this game has like been out for like eleven years now. But um, what you you uncover is that you were you did work for the military as a scientist, um, doing like some very like under the table black hat bioengineering that if the general public found out, you would get thrown in the deepest darkest cell in Guantanamo, um, which kind of sort of happens in the game so the military is like well we can't get caught with all these illegal bioweapons so we're just gonna blow up the lab and kill all the people who work here and your character takes a takes one of the viruses as an insurance policy um to kind of barter if in case he gets caught but he gets caught military still shoots him and he dies but you see the vial that he has breaks and the virus infects him and that's how he gets his powers um i really like that the military's idea of containing 
a biological agent is to explode the building, therefore spreading the biological agent everywhere. <laughs> right. I mean, it's video game logic. If, if one thing about this whole world, well, country right now, because the rest of the world is doing fine. The one thing we learned about this country right now is that our government does not listen to any sort of scientific fact. <laughs> this is also true. So, really, that's not even all that far fetched. It, it, you know, it's plausible. Yeah, but my yeah, my biggest issue with the game came from like they they pitched it because I remember the advertising for it. They pitched it as you know. Your, your your powers are fully customizable, you know, so you can play however you want, like build the character out so that he matches your play style. And my play style is that I like to do a lot of damage quick, fast, and then be able to get out of there if I need to. Or And then, you know, if I have to, you know, be in a slugfest, we can slugfest. But you get to the final boss fight with another... Um, person who's infected and how you find out he's been like the the hive mind controlling all of the other infected people in the city and as you're fighting him you know you're on a you're on an aircraft carrier so you're like throwing missiles and planes and whatever else you can find at him to do damage because that's the best way to damage him and then halfway through the fight a cutscene triggers where you hear a military comm like all right we've got a nuke coming in it'll detonate in five minutes or whatever and so it puts a five minute timer on the screen and you've got five minutes to finish the boss fight um and i look i just could never kill the boss like i got him down to like the last maybe tenth of his health but i always died and then after i died like so many times i went online and looked it up and everyone's like yeah the best way to beat the boss is if you've invested in these two powers over here and I go back and check my game, and those are the two powers that I haven't invested in at all because they just weren't very fun or they weren't conducive to how I wanted to play the game. So because I played the game my way, I was blocked from beating the boss. And That's messed up. <laughs> yeah, I was pissed. I turned it off. I tried. Like, I think I I'd rented the game from Hastings, so I, I had it for like two days or something. I turned it off, pulled it out. I deleted the data off of my disc or off of my PS3, and then I, tur- I returned it back. <laughs> you deleted the disc and then returned it. <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> and then, now the funny thing is, when Prototype Two came out, like a few years later, the the protagonist from Prototype One is now the antagonist in Prototype Two. So I took so much glee in going through <laughs> and murdering him in the final <laughs> boss fight, which was not bugged, so you had to invest in specific powers to win. So I stomped his ass. And that was very cathartic. That was a game I also had rented, but I ended up having a lot of fun running around and slicing people up and disguising myself as them. Yeah, it it was it was definitely fun for like encouraging you to be the antihero, and like, you know, you like gained information by absorbing people, or you got health back by absorbing people. Um, it was it was a very fun experience getting to be like a pseudo bad guy who's, you know, 
his, 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 the whole motivation throughout the, the, the game is very selfish. Like there's nothing altruistic about the main character of prototype at all. Um, but yeah, that, that whole being blocked from finishing the boss fight because I didn't invest in two different powers was very aggravating. Hey, Evan. What? Um, we really need to talk about a different game now. Um, you're talking about anti-heroes and non-altruistic and, and very selfish main characters is giving me um, flare-ups of my PTSD for the uh, Artemis Fowl movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if we could just move on, please. Did you watch that video essay I sent about that? I did. Yeah, it's um, it's been on our um, Facebook page for a while now. Um, very, inter- very interesting. Um I'm I'm kind of I'm actually kind of curious to go back through and just experience what the video was talking about uh, for myself mm-hmm. um, because that all of that really makes a lot of sense um, as to why the game the movie is so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since we've been talking about movie tie-in games. Have any of you played the Harry Potter tie-in games? Yeah. I played the first two. I played Goblet of Fire. So I think that's when I stopped. I don't know if I played Prison of Azkaban. Which I don't think I, I beat any of them either. I so I started like with the PS one, like Harry Potter one, and I had two on the PS two. Around four, they just became weird shooters. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember having fond memories of the tie-in games. Like they weren't great, but they, I was young enough to enjoy running around Hogwarts. And then I see like, oh yeah, but here's the machine gun spell. Here's the sniper spell. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell is going on in Harry Potter world? <laughs> yeah, I think I had Chamber of Secrets on Game Boy Advance, which was kind of just like an adventure game where you'd have to collect items and solve puzzles and whatnot. Um, but I remember it being enjoyable, but I was probably at the age where everything I played was enjoyable. Um, and I want to say I had Goblet of Fire on the PlayStation, but. I don't even remember finishing the intro level, let alone anything else. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Goblet of Fire was on PS2. Doesn't it start out at the uh, Quidditch tournament? Goblet of Fire? Oh, at the Quidditch World Cup, I think. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the, the book does. I don't remember. I well, vaguely remember the fight. game does, but like that's all I remember about it. So who knows if I actually played the <laughs> Though, so I did because I had um, Sorcerer Stone on computer, so that was a yeah, whole, me too. Like yeah. tracing the spells, and that was a whole thing Which, to do. Yeah, apparently, is a completely different experience than PS One. Yeah, it was. It, Which I think the fan community agrees the PS One game was better. I, just from a control standpoint, I would say so. Mm. Um, but I had that one, and then I don't think we didn't have two, th- 
We didn't have two. We had three. Actually, no, we did. <laughs> we did have Chamber of Secrets. And the way, <laughs> the way you fought the Basilisk in the end, once you got the Sword of Gryffindor, was that it shot out a beam of light. And you had to <laughs> aim... You had to aim the beam at this little part um, where the, the the basilisk like head met the rest of the body. Like it would it would thrash around, and there was this little diamond, and you had to shoot this little diamond with this teeny little white beam shooting out of the sword. I had attached a laser pointer to the end of my sword. I had Pretty... forgotten all about that. Yeah. I'm going to burn a hole through your neck. Pretty much, like yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's very much like how can we have this monster slaying without any actual violence? <laughs> so dumb. I feel like the um the Harry Potter games were just out of their element. You know, I think with a, a full immersed game like they wanted to create, I think that a full like action RPG is not the way to go. Um, you know, they had some kind of interesting elements, you know, collect birdie bots, every flavored bean, and that's kind of your currency. And, you know, they had some puzzles and stuff too. Um, I think it'd be kind of interesting to have almost like a Sims kind of feel where, you know, you spend time, you know, you, you get to choose, well, am I going to go to class today? Am I, you know, what am I going to learn? What class am I going to go to? Um, you know, actively, almost like a, a life-based game, I, I guess, or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I would more almost, of a casual game. I would almost take two versions of a, a new Harry Potter game. What you're talking about, where you just create a random character and you live in the world of Hogwarts. Right, and I'd also take one where it goes through all seven books, and you play as Harry, and maybe even play as Ron and Hermione too. Like you switch mm-hmm. between based on their skills and whatnot. You get to do that in Goblet of Fire. You, you can but I mean, like take, too. but take that into you know today's technology and hardware, mm. and like I would almost just give me all set the whole series in one game. Like don't even break it up. Just. <clears throat> make it some linear story and mm-hmm. make it a reboot of all of them. I don't care. <laughs> Treat them like well, players. have you tried the Lego games? I have. Those played, are actually pretty fun. I have played those on my phone. <laughs> well, Lego games are always good. I've I've played uh, a little bit of Lego Star Wars and those seem to be pretty fun. Hmm. I will give the Harry Potter games like I think like around four is when they really changed up the magic system and added the combat elements, which I think works just because that four is when the books start getting darker. Um, and then, you know, by five, you have the big duel in the, the Ministry of Magic. But I liked, you know, walking around and like being able to interact with the other characters. Um, and it was, they kind of borrowed from Pokemon where that if you walked by certain people, they'd be like, oh, hey, you, I want to challenge you to a duel and you have to have a little wizard duel right there in the courtyard or whatever really challenging harry potter come on <laughs> yeah. and it, it was kind of cool like how they used the right joystick i think if you held down l2 that's like that's what pulled the wand out so it didn't um control your camera um it controlled the the wand and you could like you know move the joystick around in certain ways to cast different spells i thought that was really interesting um 
but yeah, it definitely became a magic shooter after a certain point. Like, we're just gonna fire out these spells that are not bullets at all at this random bad person. <laughs> well, let's hope that the rumors of a new open world Harry Potter game for the PS5 are true and we can get our next gen Harry Potter fix. <laughs> well, they're supposed to be very true, but no one, no company's come out and said anything. Right. It's all leaks and stuff. <laughs> Though, if Deadpool taught us anything, leaks can lead to good things. Yeah, because if you get enough public opinion, then they're like, maybe we should go ahead with this. <laughs> maybe we should make this happen. Speaking of disappointments, I don't think we'll be getting a Deadpool 3. Not for a very, very long time. That's sad. Right, which makes no sense. Like, it's easy money. Just make it. But it's not a Disney-type movie. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the upside of owning so much. You can just have someone else release it and put your name very far down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Brandon, I'm surprised out of all this disappointing games discussion, you didn't bring up Destiny at all. <laughs> um, or you've already had that he, Brandon discussion. Knows he knows he still loves <laughs> Destiny deep down. I will say this very carefully. Have been enjoying some aspects of destiny again um i'm very selective of what i'm willing to do um i've decided right now that i'm strictly doing pve activities um i Sounds like you're talking about a relationship. I am. I've I've kind of figured out my problem with Destiny is that some of the metas have changed, and there have been nerfs on a lot of the guns that I really like to use. So I'm getting outplayed by guns and gun types that are better than my playstyle. Um you know, I really like to use uh you know, um hand cannons and uh scout rifles, for instance. You know, so I found a scout rifle that I really enjoyed from five seasons ago. Um it was from the uh, Riven Raid, whatever that one is. Last Wish. Last Wish. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, the Transfiguration. I got that. That I, I really, really like it. Um, and I did really, really well in, well, both Gambit and Crucible for a really long time. Um, and then I finally was able to grind out, you know, Luna's Howl three seasons after it dropped. So, you know... I, I have it for half a season before they nerf it. Um, but I still I still like it. Um, still works pretty well. Um, and, 
you know, so I like those. And then, you know, in Gambit, instead of that, I'll run um, the Recluse, you know, because I just like, you know, I like that gun in, in Gambit. So, you know, and that's not really, I'm not really good with that gun in PvP. Um, but I still use my scout rifle for longer range and, you know, long range, um, you know, invaders and invading. Um, but all of the heavy weapons, which are really the main source of main good source of kills while, you know, in, in Gambit, um, I'm not really good with any of them now. Um, you know, I always blamed the fact that, you know, these guns don't work for me the way they work for everybody else. And I just don't think I'm good, apparently, at using uh, truth. Um, you know, I used to have really good work with um, not the Xenophage, but the rocket launcher that was sort of like the Wardcliffe coil. What's that one? Deathbringer? Yeah. So I, I, I've had, I, I, you know, I had had some decent success with that in, you know, and I also had some decent success with uh, a couple different types of supers. Um, but I just get so frustrated, you know, with a hunter super, how easily it, it how easy it is to, to be killed. Um, and, and I just feel like, in my experiences, that's not the case with any of the other, you know, roaming supers that, you know, maybe it is maybe, and I'm just not good at, you know, sniping people and stuff like that. But, um, I always enjoy know, I, when you make that point because I cannot for the life of me kill a hunter and a roaming super when it's PVP. So I just think it's <laughs> funny, a matter of perspective. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, how often do you get frustrated by dying during your super? I only if I like popped it and die immediately because I was low health to begin with. And usually so, it is some like, well, that was my fault for being an idiot. Right. But like if you pop your oh, roaming super, usually it'll go out before you die. Mm, for the most part, yeah. See, for me, at least, that's not the case. Um, but anyways, this isn't a Destiny episode. <laughs> Sounds like a loadout issue, but I don't know. Well, I agree. And I just don't play enough right now to really get used to another any other type of loadout. Um, and don't really know what other loadout to do. Or I'm not good with other loadouts. So I do think that's why they gave Hunters the third arc class the one that blocks supers because mm. that's the only roaming one for hunters that has any kind of survivability right but otherwise they nerfed all the other ones yeah otherwise yeah as a hunter you are the most vulnerable class overall in pvp just watch when um, Beyond Light comes out. The Hunter Stasis subclass will be so dominant that, like, we'll all be. And it'll get nerfed in a week, and then I'll we'll right all be like was. back when it was Spectral was OP. And I mean, you know, it'd be fun to play for a few days till they nerfed it. 
Negative <laughs> Nancy. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the negative Nancy episode. <laughs> Can't be negative about things that haven't come out yet. Sure you can. Tell them about your Kingdom Hearts Dance Dance Revolution game. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it 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 could be fun. Like if you if you're a fan of of that like rhythm games and stuff, and if you're a fan of Kingdom Hearts music, rhythm is dancing. Just buy the soundtrack. I mean, <laughs> listen to it while you're playing other games. I, I yeah, no. They should no. They should. They need to. They should be focusing on, you know, real games, um, and not trying to. Square and Disney use Kingdom Hearts as a platform to try different things. You know, the if there is any more Frankenstein of a gaming series than Kingdom Hearts, I I I'd, I'd say you're lying. The first game came out on the PS2. The second game came out on the um, the Game Boy Advance. The third game came out on the PS2 again. Um, then you've got a couple on the DS, one on the 3DS, um, one on your phone, uh, one on the PSP. Um now there's going to be one on the switch and i just they're just trying to see where they have an audience and they're using the kingdom hearts fan base as their guinea pigs um you know and i guess i should mention that they have one on the ps4 and the xbox one now um, but that's the most recent entry. Yeah, that was the one you were waiting a decade for. Uh, 13 years? Yeah, I was gonna say, like, 13? Yeah. yeah. We... And they don't act like they're not going... They don't act like they're gonna stop making games. Um, supposedly Kingdom Hearts 3 is the end of Sora, which doesn't make any sense. Um... I guess he's just gonna kind of go away. I don't know. I guess um, what's his nuts uh, got too expensive. Um, uh, re, I don't know. Sora. I, I cannot remember what his um... cloud Tifa. I don't. I'm just naming Final Fantasy people. Why are you naming Final Fantasy people? Because they show up. <laughs> uh, Haley Joel Osment oh. is the voice character, is the voice actor for Sora. Well, he. I don't know if you've seen him in anything recently, but he doesn't exactly sound like a kid anymore. 
neither does Sora. Sora is a teenager now, or you know, a young adult. He he ages. He's not Ash Ketchum. He ages. <laughs> he didn't wish on a magic bird for eternal youth and got it. <laughs> um, it's actually kind of funny. Um, in Pokemon Go Journey or Pokemon Journeys or whatever the hell it's called, he actually sees. Well, he has a an almost run in with Ho Oh again. <laughs> He he goes inside and then Ho Oh appears. So Ho Oh, I'd I'd like for puberty to commence now. I'm tired of being twelve. <laughs> Please let my balls drop. <laughs> I would very much like to be a man now. He has to go find where Misty went. <laughs> um yes. Misty and Brock actually show up in uh, the Sun and Moon TV show. Believe it or not. Some somehow I knew that and I don't Isn't Brock just the boomerang for the T V series? Like he just kind of wanders off every once in a while and then as two seasons later just shows up again. He he has Brock has shown up several times and throughout the series. The series is Does he have a family now or no? for some reason I want to say Um He's busy chasing all the cousins. That I think he, I, I'm pretty sure he works with a woman, um, but I don't know that they're romantically involved, and I don't know if it ever hints that they might be. Mm. Um, I think he, I think he works for Professor Elm. No, Elm's a dude. Birch, Professor Birch. I don't, I don't. I'll have to look into that again. I don't remember. But in one of the seasons, he meets the professor of the region and decides that he's going to stay there. Um, which is disappointing. Maybe that's why he asked uh, Ash asked for eternal youth. He got one glimpse at Oak, and then the next town's like, Bird, Elm. <laughs> oh, damn, I don't want this. <laughs> so the last thing we're going to talk about is things that we're playing right now. So, Evan, what are you playing right now? <laughs> um, right now, mostly uh well, the, all this all I've had time this week to play is Destiny cuz one of my favorite authors finally put out a book after like 7 years. So, I kind of devoured that shit. Um, so <laughs> Only thing I've done this week is get on Destiny and do the weekly uh, interference quest, and uh, and I squeezed in a little bit of time to do a forge so for my monarch. But this weekend, I kind of want to do some more Kingdom Hearts, and then I'm trying to think of what else is on my PlayStation right now. I need to buy a <laughs> external hard drive so I can format it and have some more space. Um, but I kind of want to. Maybe play some Spyro this weekend. I don't know. I just have a feeling, have a, have a mood for Spyro. So we'll see what happens. What book did you read? Um, it is called, oh my God, it's right here. Uh, Peace Talks by Jim Butcher. Um, 
it's part of his Dresden file series. Um, he said he, I was listening to an interview with him not too long ago before this came out. And he said, he's got like 20 books planned in the series before the wrap up trilogy. And this is book 16 of 20. Um, and you know, not, not to spoil it for anyone who listens, this is a very vague bit of information, but it's, it feels very infinity war. Um, which is which is fine because he has another book coming out in October, so that will answer certain questions in this book. And yes, that's a hell of a lot of books to have planned. Yeah, yeah. He and he said he he planned this series out like fifteen twenty years ago, so he's just been steadily chipping away at it. So he's like um, Game of Thrones, but actually pulling like putting he's out gonna, books. He's gonna make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His his plot is not so overly convoluted that he has to spend twelve years untangling it all. Yes, <laughs> I'm pretty sure oh. George R. R. Martin just kind of chilled out. Chilled out. He wrote the video game that's coming out. <laughs> time and he just waited for the show to wrap up so he could start writing again well a, a, i follow some people that on twitter that are like into the literary world and allegedly he is very close to finishing um i can't remember what deadline he gave but he said like you know hey i'm scheduled to appear at this conference and like October or, or September, October. I can't remember the exact date, but you know, if I don't have the the draft of Winds of Winter turned in by then, everyone has permission to publicly shame me at this event, which I think is going to be virtual anyway. So he'll be virtually shamed. Um, and then someone else found like a screenshot. I don't know exactly what it is, but the publisher has like created IP space or whatever it is that publishers do whenever they get ready for a new book to come in. Um, so it sounds like he's close to finishing Winds of Winter, so we may get it by the end of this year, early next year, but I'm also not holding my breath, because it was supposed to come out in, like, 2013, I think. Wouldn't that have been when the show started? Uh, no, it started, I think the show started a little bit before that. Because I was late to the show. And I was still working at Hastings back then. Oh yeah, the show started in 2011. Mm. I'm still trying to truck my way through uh, Persona Five. I've put um about ten hours into the game so far, and I'm still not done with the first uh castle or dungeon or whatever you want to call it. So I don't know how many time how many of those there are, but um. It feels like it's going to be the whole game before I actually complete it. <laughs> well, I'm on the Destiny grind, trying to get to the pinnacle cap. And then once I get there, then I'm hopefully for the rest of the summer and fall until Beyond Light comes out, start tackling some of these AAA titles in my backlog. <laughs> what game are you supposed to be playing again? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. Hell yeah. Every time I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. I'm like, 
why is my PlayStation turning on Destiny? I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> Back to Destiny. Back to Destiny. That's that's the one. Some thing. might call that an addiction. <laughs> it's a healthy one. That is. Mm, it doesn't make me angry, or it doesn't affect other parts of my life. So he, he, he doesn't get the shakes. Does 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 do, do friends count as other parts of your life? <laughs> does it my destiny habits? interfere with your well-being brandon (laughs) yes you don't play enough smite (laughs) every time you ask i'm on Mm, usually (laughs) not every time well now you're just being needy and now you sound like you have the addiction (laughs) okay 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 and it's addicted to me are you you addicted to jared (laughs) do we need to to say i'm needy like to to try to to try to hurt me with facts <laughs> that I already know about myself <laughs> is is frankly rude. So Nick, what are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of gotten back into RuneScape a little bit recently. Oh, there's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. Don't t- don't don't tell Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I can I can tell you what's going to happen right now is that She's going to finish listening to this episode and she's going to turn to me and go, well, now I got to play RuneScape. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, both old school and current because it's been a while since I've done that. So a little bit before bed, I'll hop on and roam around and do random junk. Just kind of grinding out some skills. Well, I've seen both you and Tyler have been have picked up recently the new ghost of Shushima. So I'll be interested maybe in a future episode to see your guys' opinions on that game. Yeah, I'm still early in the story for that, so I've been having a lot of fun being distracted by what's this icon over here. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't have icons in my game, and it's a little annoying. (laughs) I kind of want to try out Ghost of Tsushima, but I might wait until um, it either comes up on like PSN for really cheap or a friend lets me borrow it. Because it, it sounds like it's right in my wheelhouse, and then it sounds like it does, it's not. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to spend money on it yet. Yeah, I've, there's some... I don't know how much I want to talk about it yet. There is... The aspect of it being they spent so much time on how it looks that some of the gameplay they had to kind of scale down or just kind of retread really familiar territory. Hmm. Uh, it not saying it's a bad thing or anything. It's just given what they spent their time doing, it makes sense that some of the gameplay stuff is very familiar and it's not good or bad. It's just seems to be how it had to be, but they definitely present it in a different way. And I, it gives me interesting thoughts and I think we should talk about it later. For sure. Okay. Excellent. Writing a sticky note. All right. So you guys ready to wrap up? See, si, senor.
Yep. Fantastic job. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, well, this has been a very disappointing episode of the Small Constellation Podcast. And whether it's disappointing because it's over or disappointing because that's over an hour of your life that you'll never get back. <laughs> um, I'm Peaches Brittany, and may you go forth having all of your paper towels uh, not ripped cleanly along the perforation. So, <laughs> have a good Monster. Night, everybody. <laughs>